So you've never seen the door in the floor. I've never even heard of the door in the floor. It's Jeff Bridges, and uh, his co-star is Kim Basinger. Okay. And it's uh, a, it, this sounds like every '90s movie. No, no, no. It's it's more recent, and I'm pretty uh-huh. sure you'd like it. Although when I say I like, you'll like it. You're like me, and you're not going to watch it now, just like with me in Casablanca. Uh, this <laughs> Jeff Bridges is a thriving uh, children's book artist, and he draws uh, all of his originals in, with squid ink. It's like a specific thing. Why? I don't know. It's just a you thing. know, squid ink is mostly mucus. Anyways, so he he invites this uh, kid to the to the place where he where he I mean he, where he lives so that he can show him how to how to write like an apprentice uh-huh. and um essentially the the kim basinger starts a relationship with this young boy he's 18 oh, or 19 oh. okay that's not but she's yet. like 50 so, so what it's kim basinger who cares yeah see there's a double standard yeah whatever there's that double he's <laughs> of age she's of age there's a ugh. There's a scene in the movie where the the younger the uh, Kim Basinger's younger daughter walks in on the son plowing her from behind. He's like, "Bah bah bah," and she's like, "Ah, cool." Yeah, I will like this movie. <laughs> you will, but you also need to see "Call Me by Your Name." All right, fine. You've been just been nothing but Mr. Movie. Got to see this. Got to watch that. Oh, yeah, go watch Rick and Morty. Whatever. Oh, jeez. You haven't watched an episode of the show. That's my, I think, my terrible you know what impression. happened? If I had discovered it right before everyone else had discovered it and went all crazy cuckoo bananas over it, I would probably have a different attitude towards it. Mm. But now it's kind of like, ah, uh, it's popular enough. I'm not afraid I'm going to miss it. You know what I mean? We live in a modern age. I can but catch it at any time I want. What's to. great about the show is that they don't cave to what is popular. Well, that's they're great. Just, they're just funny. And they wait like, ye- like a year and a half before releasing any episodes. They're just like, no. Okay. Like even the, <laughs> see you guys in a year and a half. You have to remember, I lived for nearly 10 years without cable television. Or Oh, was this when you were working at Jack in the Box? No, this was just me living in the city and going, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need it. So you were a fucking weirdo. I wasn't a weirdo. I just didn't want, I don't watch, I barely watch TV now. Oh. I don't, no, I, uh... I I have a um, an acquaintance that that hasn't given their children any devices whatsoever. Why to stunt them? Um, well, that's what she keeps she keeps saying. That's what people are claiming about my kids. They're going to be weirdos because they don't have cell phones, or iPads. They are. And she and she put she put right on Facebook. She's like, my physician did the happy dance when I told him that my son doesn't have a cell phone. And uh, I was like, um, I didn't yeah, say but- anything to her, but I was just like. Uh, no, I, I, well, at, at one, at, it's okay that the kids don't have it. I would, I would like to see how that turns out eventually, uh-huh. but I don't care what a physician says about it, honey bunch. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> She's not going to be doing a happy dance when she needs to find her son and can't get a hold of him and has no idea where he is. <laughs> Well, they're, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Because the first thing the cops are going to say is, why don't you call him on his cell phone? Oh, oh, jeez, he's dead. (laughs) 
Well, if you had the Find My iPhone feature, then we might be able to find the body. I mean, I'm sorry, but instead it's going to rot away in the woods. Yeah, I'm not a Luddite. I don't... If this is the stuff that people are using, it's kind of like saying, well, I didn't teach my kid to ride a bike, or I didn't teach my kid how to swim. Bicycles didn't exist in in 300 years. Well, how many... How long has the bicycle existed? Only about 120. The bicycle came to be um, a popular mode of transportation when uh, inflatable tires were invented. All right. All right. All right. Before but, that they were solid rubber tires. I, I don't know. She she put up she also shared this link to a mommy blog where I was like, "Oh, man, come on." And I it's looked just for, another no one of evidence those... to support their conclusions, just a bunch of crap, mm-hmm. anecdotal it's... crap about how awesome their children They're are. They're probably not immunized either. Um, I didn't see anything like that on on the website. Well, at what all. I mean is is that a lot of that shit is mommy one-upman one-upmanship. Well, my children don't don't do that. My children read and My children and don't breathe air. They sit quietly and they're polite, and I don't punish them. My children are blind for three hours of the day mm, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hip you to something mommies and daddies out there who think it's okay to negotiate with your children you're raising... we don't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> no but what you're doing is is that eventually you are going to have to have the authority to be able to punish your children when they start doing fucking shit that involves other people it's really easy to talk a kid down when he spills cheerios on his fucking floor let me finish but right. it's another thing when your teenager gets fucking arrested and when as soon as they get home because he's been raised to negotiate with his parents he's gonna try to negotiate his way around around what happened and so you're not teaching them anything other than how to try to negotiate their way out of shit and my my mother's approach was send him to christian camp not me my my brother because my when we moved to the town i i presently live in my my brother started hanging out with some nefarious characters uh-huh. skaters these were the skater people People that I'm talking skaters and atheists and vegans <laughs> who were who were teaching my my brother to be a skater vegan a, not not atheist but <laughs> and what she did after because they got into a, a few altercations um, yeah. one of which was was slightly physical I only vaguely remember it yeah um, she sent him away for three months to her her brother's house You're which it, which is on the property of a Christian camp in South Carolina oh, boy. I'm not was it South Carolina? I can't. I can't remember. I'll have to. Yeah, and it it, he it was my. What's funny is my brother came back from this, and he goes, "I have so many great stories to tell you." And I was, "Oh yeah." Here's the here's the what I what I what I was thinking was here's the point at which he says, "Oh, I dedicated my life to Christ again," because this is this is something that happens to a lot of Christians. They go in, they they Uh get fired up, and then they slowly fall away again. But they remain sort of mildly Christian, and then they get fired up again, and Mm-hmm. And they do the same thing. And then if they're an adult that's still a Christian, they just kind of remain, you know, Wednesday, Sunday Christians and yada, yada. But what he came back and told me was this story about uh-huh. how he was – they had golf carts because this, this place is huge. They have golf carts to ride around on. Yeah. And they were riding behind a bunch of girls. Okay. And they were going to go play um, – uh, it was bigger than mini golf. There's, there is such a thing as something that's bigger than mini golf. It's like a small small hole. Like you're not hitting a very – hard i i don't know i don't know how it worked but they okay. were riding around and one of the girls one of the girls stopped the the cart in front of theirs and they stopped like slammed on their brakes like what are you doing and all of a sudden the girl turned around and said something to the effect of i know what you want and she lifted up her shirt and showed my brother her pussy and tits. oh my god 
and and he went, oh, this is going to be an awesome summer. Uh-huh. Here's a great idea. Put all the bad kids in one camp. That's good. That's a good idea. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> See, this is the thing. They weren't bad. They were repressed. Oh, okay. And what do you do when you're sexually repressed in a room oh, full of other sexually repressed children? <laughs> you fuck. You fuck. <laughs> well, I don't think he... I, no, he didn't get laid, but they defi- he definitely messed around, like, a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mama, you didn't teach nothing because it was so great. My brother wanted to go back again. I'll tell you this much: in high school, in high school, the girls that were the most sexually aggressive were ones that came from very, very strict, sometimes religious households. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's like, oh wow! So this is what happens when you're not allowed to express yourself in any way, shape, or form, and sex is dirty and wrong. Well, it's not just no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to add my disagreement here. It's most, if not all, of them. It, I'm I'm pretty I'm 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 outright saying I think I'm pretty sure we know that that sexually repressed homes automatically huh. lead like almost automatically lead to that kind of thing. Yeah. Like all across the South, you have you have you have the highest rate of teenage pregnancy. Yep. And what are those homes also have in common? I'm not saying correlation equals causation, but <laughs> they also have religion in common and abstinence programs and abstinence only programs. Mm-hmm. We're not going to tell you what sex is, but don't do it. <laughs> and condoms don't work. They break every time. So don't use one. Oh, so yeah, condoms don't and they were work, made but by I the still want to use them. But I still want to use my dick. So yeah. I guess I'm going to use my dick and then ask Jesus to forgive me. But also when you don't tell, give them the basic information about how sex works and how someone gets pregnant. And then they are alone with a boy. You and they sex, want to... You're automatically an Al-Qaeda. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> let's start the show. You want to start the show? Yeah, let's start a show. Okay. And three... Two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story, One Million Interruptions. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus Blake. And on this show, it's fairly simple. Atticus has 30 minutes to tell a story, and I have 30 minutes to prevent him from doing so. If at any time you hear this sound... <laughs> gross. That means that Atticus has run out of time and I have won. However, if you don't hear that sound, that means he has won. <gasps> Do you smell that, Addy? Um, I farted. No, not that. That's freedom I smell. Freedom from not having to ever read that horrible story ever again. Except for the second version. We're not doing that. Anyway, guys, <laughs> now that we're now that we're free of Hayden's wrath. We're going to be able to read some of your stories that you've been sending in. Isn't that awesome? They're all nice and hot and buttery. Yeah. So if you have a nice, hot, bubbly, bubbly, buttery, you said buttery. I said buttery. Buttery (laughs) buttery story that you would like us to read on the air, then please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page and leave it for us there, or send me an email asking how you can send it to me so that you don't have to go through the contact page, right? Or if they're sending you an email, they can just send it through the email. Well, no, if they go through the contact page then they're letting me know hey how is there an alternate way for me to to send it and then i'll give you the alternate way to sure send it. sure so what are we doing this time what are we doing we have a story from anubis hooves <gasps> thank you anubis hooves it behooves me to read your story i hate you that's no <laughs> a man who would pun would pick a pocket i i probably would if i was starving <laughs> i haven't a farthing <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> hey, 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 is it my turn yet? Okay, yeah, sure. Hey, I I, I didn't get to do much last week because you were so fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was not. I never. <laughs> oh my goodness, I watched you. You lit up the green, and you you looked like you were having a lot of fun. He almost uploaded only his audio to the webpage. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> what? The only way it can come out is through me, because what are you going to do? He can't hurt me. I have an impenetrable dick, like, in front of me. But I could hurt him, which would hurt you. Nah, it's bulletproof. No, I mean, I could, uh, I could totally Tyler Durden you. <laughs> no, no, because then you'd yeah. have to shoot Atticus. Uh, well, if I ever see him in a lot of pain because of you, Jeff, I won't hesitate. I don't cause him pain. I, I Sometimes he talks to himself in this voice. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Thank God. We were thinking up the other, like earlier today, we were thinking up if if this podcast had to be put off for some reason or another, we should put together a podcast where it's just me and Manny DeRusso having a nice chat. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. That's a big audio nightmare. And what you should, should I call say? It Danny, Danny and Jeff's audio nightmare. <laughs> Danny and Jeff's audio nightmare. That I, I could make a whole show out of that. Yeah, just one. I actually hate I hate Manny. I hate him so Good. much. He's such an idiot. He, You're my friend, Jeff. I, you, here, I'm going to lasso something with my dick, okay? Okay. Badinga. I wasn't really a lasso. That was a... Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anubis Hooves. Hello. I've been Hello. listening to your show off and on for a while, and now I recently started listening to them again from start to finish. Holy cow. We have this 180 episodes. <laughs> Jesus. My dream episode beep would be the one where you track down Haydn, or however it's spelled, and interview her. Oh, God. I'm planning on submitting a story from my life that I think you two will enjoy soon. But I ran across this one the other day uh-huh. and thought you might find it worth reading. It's okay. an HP Lovecraft-inspired business plan that I submitted for one of my classes while getting my mortuary science degree. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Wow, that is the most interesting thing I've heard in a long time, actually. More interesting than two boys who never get it on. No, anything's more interesting than that. Enjoy. Okay. Funeral home business plan prepared by Jonathan Hoove. <laughs> FSE 211. Oh, oh wow. This, this is actually... This is like... I thought they were joking thing. at first, but it's an actual... Th- I know I knew that mortuary science was a real degree, but... I, okay, here we go. FSE 221, Instructor Scott Barton, November 30th, 2010. So you earned Ooh. this degree eight years ago. Or you thought wow. you were in the middle of earning it. Nice. Executive Summary, Innsmouth Funeral Chapel, is an exciting Innsmouth. new... That sounds like a town in Massachusetts. It, no, it's oh, very, it is a town in it's Massachusetts. Very Lovecra- it's very Lovecraftian. Is a, is an exciting new business based in the quiet fishing town of Innsmouth, <laughs> Massachusetts. Exciting new business! <laughs> The two young and experienced funeral directors who are planning this new venture hope to use their unique understanding of the town and of the dominant local religions to create a thriving business in their their mutual hometown. Okay, I have there's a warning when two mortuary people are going to attempt to create a thriving business. Doesn't that just basically boil down to murder? Yes. Okay. Well, it's also it's also in collusion with the hospital because the do- the doctors are screaming for parts. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's also a fishing town. Lovecraft loved his fish people. (laughs) Really? Yeah. People with gills and shit? Oh, yeah. I've never read anything by him. You should. I should. I probably should. 
Lacking a funeral home that understands and can cater to their needs, the residents of Innsmouth have struggled against the inability of the local funeral homes to meet their needs. In addition to the far distances they've had to travel to plan and attend services for their loved ones, is another hardship added to the strain of losing the one they love. Uh-oh, we've got a problem. What? We're reading good stories again. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. If it gets if it gets too good, I hope I hope that Anubis can understand if we switch to something else. <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. <laughs> With their combined two decades' worth of experience in, in the funeral industry, Mr. Marsh and Mr. Allen will be equipped to provide any manner of funeral service the residents of Innsmouth they may require. The average funeral service customer in Innsmouth is unlike any funeral service customer found anywhere else. Mm. Keeping this in mind, some of the service packages and products that will be available in Innsmouth oh. Funeral Chapel will be designed specifically cater to I'm local becoming worried. <laughs> and, and won't be available anywhere else. Being the only, only funeral home that provides the services in the area, owners believe that they will dominate the local funeral market within a few years. <laughs> Uh, with a do, relatively do mortuary do funeral homes actually have to come up with a, like a business plan like this? Yeah, probably. Where they talk about things like dominate and stuff like that. Well, they have to. They probably have to bring it to the town, like the township. They got to walk in and say, "Well, you got to bury them somewhere." <laughs> And we're pretty good at making people look good before they get buried. Yeah. I can spray paint your loved one like the best of us. (laughs) Hey, it's Crazy Murray's Mortuary. Come on down. (laughs) (laughs) Did your loved one die unexpectedly when I put oil on the ground near the house? No credit. Bad credit. We'll take anybody. (laughs) Oh, no, you have to have credit. That's the horrible part of it. I know. With the relatively high income of most of the residents of Innsmouth, of the local town's pride, fierce independence, and isolationist nature of most of the residents, Mr. Marsh and Mr. Allen, feel concerning the Innsmouth market, um, oh, cornering the Innsmouth market, will put them in a very lucrative position. By becoming active in the community, the local <laughs> church, and with some modest advertising, Mr. Marsh and Mr. Allen feel <laughs> they'll be able to quickly gain the community trust and restore the reputation of their industry. Wait, has it been unjustly like <laughs> defamed or something? <laughs> modest <laughs> is, advertising. Is this part two? Can't afford a plot? Our corpse pulp will launch your loved one into the sea! <laughs> Restore the reputation of their industry and increase the recognizability. I don't know if that's actually a word. Oh, it's with a Z. That's why. Oh, you spelt it with an S. Their business name at the time. They feel that every dollar spent in the community will come back to them tenfold. Okay. Okay. That's Mr. a pretty ambitious. So you're okay. So how do you dump money into the community unless you already have money to like? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how do you? What are you going to dump the money into? I mean, well, maybe, maybe they'll sponsor schoolroom somewhere, the Marsh and Allen Mortuary Cafeteria at the local elementary school. Think of us 80 years down the road. Yeah, well, there you go. Play coffins for the playground. Oh my god. You know what? Playgrounds when I was a kid were were fucking death de- like fucking death battlefields anyway. Did With... you have tan bark or did you have the rubber mats? Oh no, we had cement. 
We Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We transitioned from those rubber mats that didn't protect Wait, anyone in the from 60s? anything. Okay, how fucking old do you think I I'm am? I'm sorry, in the 70s. You were, you were a child in the 60s where you, you were born no, in I the 60s. No, I was born in 69. I barely, I don't have any memory of the 60s. Okay, so in the 70s, the, you guys had the rubber mat. Okay. We had I, the rubber mats, and I, then we transitioned to tan bark. I lived, okay, I well, they I had that later. But I, I lived in a town called Warwick, Rhode Island when I was a child. And the it was it was basically this giant U building that had, you know, rooms on either side of a hallway that just stretched all the way. And in, in inside of the U was the playground and then uh-huh. a baseball field behind that. Okay. And it was essentially like just jungle gym on top of concrete. <laughs> or I, you know, and and monkey bars on top of concrete, swing sets on top uh-huh. of concrete. Everything was on concrete. Like it was a, it was a topping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I got to ask a question. Did your school ban cherry bombs I don't or ever cherry drops? They were called we, bringing... we, they were called cherry drops. Basically, you know the the pull up bars that were like on the wings of certain play structures. Yeah, it was just like a bar. Okay, so <laughs> when I was in elementary school, one of the things usually girls would do is that they would hook one leg over the top of that bar and then hang. And then they no, not hang. They would start to spin around it and they would use the centrifugal force and they and the, the thing that they were trying to do was to go faster and faster and faster and faster so that when they get down to the bottom of the dip it was sounds kind of like, like a, a fucking swing. broken neck for the Martian Allen that's, ex- that's exactly what would happen they banned it because they were going so fast that they would if they let go with their leg they you know basically they would do a, <laughs> shoot a themselves into the, into the ground like a dart <laughs> no no so what what happened uh, so I. Uh, I went to school there up until 9 or 10, and uh, in the middle of going to school there, they decided to – they got funding from the state to build a brand new um, – mm-hmm. a, a brand new uh, playground, which did eventually yeah. have mulch and stuff like that to protect mm-hmm. the kids because obviously they were smashing their heads against the ground. And this thing had like a – it was made of recycled tires. It had like a, a, an entire ship made of tires and yeah. wood. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. And, and we had one too. <gasps> I'm not done yet. And they had, oh, like, they had like a whale that dipped under the ground and then, and then came back up again with a giant mouth and you would play inside <laughs> the mouth. Okay, but they also had this – this thing that had, it was three pillars and on the inside of it were tires that were bolted together that would swing back and forth from chains that were attached to the three pillars. Mm-hmm. And what was happening was all the kids were, were getting one kid to sit in the middle and it could swing back far enough that they could go one, two, three. And then the kid, and then the kid would jump and leap and try to touch one of the highest poles that was grounding the three pillars. Well, yeah. what happened was one kid did that and, and, and instead smacked it with his um his uh his ulnar and smashed it to pieces oh <laughs> i'll never forget it he was an asshole but you know okay well here's here's my you ready yeah so we had a play structure like that it was like a big pirate ship and it had you know tires and bars and and all that other stuff and and i was in 
I can't remember what grade I was in. I know it was after Star Wars came out because Star Wars broke my face is what I was. So basically, here's what happened. Summers, we had summer school back then. And this place. And of course you was, were there. Yeah. And no, no, no. <laughs> summer school in California before they passed Proposition 13, which gutted the school system. Summer school was like you could take art classes. You could take an animation class. You could take a film class, photography. It was just fun things that you could do during the summertime. Okay. And so I was taking, I think I was taking uh, performance. And, um, you know, you go out for, you know, PE or what? It wasn't really PE. It was just break. And I was sitting there playing um, lightsabers with a guy up on the thing. And I turned to jump out of the way of one of his saber slashes. And there was a chain there. And past the chain was like a climbing bar, you know, where they the bars were spaced about, okay. I don't know, like Did a Did he catch the chain to the throat? No, I did. I caught the chain at um, right above my knees, tripped over it, and my face hit every bar on the way down to the playground <laughs> floor. <laughs> I went home. Oh. I had I had all my teeth, That's but I looked awful. like I had, had the shit beat out of me. Was... Okay, so uh, anyway, back to I the think, story. No, no, no. I think I, I think I can do you one better. Okay, go I for was it. I I was on a. Um, uh, swing sets you can still do this but it wasn't a rope one it was a chain one where you twist the chain up until until you can let go and then it will oh i used to do that too yeah make you spin i have a scar from that well this particular swing set happened to be so close to the climbing bars in between that i Uh i stuck my head out and went oh clang (laughs) it was a clang it was a (laughs) fucking clang and i remember seeing black for a second then white and then oh. seeing Sky, and when I went to go talk to one of the mothers about it, she was like, oh, it's just a bump on the head. No, it's a you fucking had a concussion. concussion. <laughs> but I didn't die, obviously. Thank Unless God. I am dead. No. No, wait, I forgot. I've lived through quite... <laughs> I forgot yeah. how much I've already lived through. <laughs> how are you alive? Uh, all right, so Mr. Right, Marsh yeah. and Mr. Allen are also aware that location, hiring locally, and compliance with local laws and or- ordinances is another way to build your reputation. <laughs> to this end, they have secured contracts with local temp agencies. Temps. Filed. <laughs> yeah, we, well, that's exactly what you need, a temp. A temp working at your mortuary. Uh-huh. Come here, temp. I can fire Hello, you Hello, can time. I help you today? I need you to, to uh, vivisect this person and mm-hmm. remove their lungs and organs. Here, hold this brain for a second. <laughs> Eat it. No, 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 you don't actually have to do that. <laughs> no, 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 that was a test. You passed. <laughs> because you ate it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to fuck this and you're going to take pictures, okay? <laughs> You know there's probably someone who did it. I don't... I don't want to... No. Filed all of the necessary paperwork with City Hall and also located reliable local suppliers who will keep them well-stocked with everything they need. Lastly, Mr. Marsh and Mr. Allen are aware that having a solid financial plan is the foundation on which everything is built in the operation of a successful business. Mm -hmm. Using very conservative estimates, they have determined that with even the modest growth of their business, it cannot help help but be a profitable long-lasting staple of charming Innsmouth, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Management team co-owner Ralph Obed Marsh, 11 years in the field of funeral service. Like he's a veteran. This guy's a monk. Yeah. Served, he's seen it all. Served apprenticeship under Ulysses Todd at Todd's funeral in Chapel King Chapel in Kingsport, Massachusetts. This is you're talking about the state I live in. It just sends yeah. sh- shivers up. <laughs> shivers spine. down your vine. <laughs> it's like one of the oldest places where all the white people came and fucking 
<laughs> Actually, that didn't happen till later. We were kind of friendly for a little while, and then just yeah, until yeah, we, we figured just... out how to live here, and then fuck them. Yeah. Most of the people from that time, they were pretty cool. It was just like, you know, we won't eat you or kill you as long as you know you don't... And then you... Thank you for showing us where all the edible plants are. <laughs> and we'll steal the ones you have buried over here. <laughs> Six years management experience. Todd's Cremation Services, Arkham, Massachusetts. I don't think that's an Arkham. actual city in Massachusetts. No, it's not. But Arkham is, Arkham is very Lovecraftian. Member of Esoteric Order of Dagon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> Education. Bachelor of Science and Mo- Mortuary Science at Miskatonic <laughs> University, Arkham, Massachusetts, 2001. Certificates National Board Examination for Funeral Service, 2001. This Massachusetts. is going to go bad fast. <laughs> Massachusetts Board of Funeral Service Director, 2001. Massachusetts Board of Funeral Service Embalmer, 2001. Role as a co-owner. Randolph will meet with families and plan and carry out services, perform some embalmings, and be the public face of the new funeral chat. You think there's? Do you think that there's funeral home humor? I, there has to be. Do there's you gallows think, humor everywhere. No, I know, but like I, I mean, like I, I think about the fact that my my like my friend uh, Aiden, mm-hmm. I, I saw him. I it was an open casket. Like, was Ugh. there a point at which his mother walked in there and they were like? They were like make, making like I don't know like how could you how could you even think about like my mind can't even think of a joke to make because that's how like but there's got to be some jerk off who works in a mortuary who's like hello and like <laughs> well then I think that's what that's what gall- gallows humor comes from doing something and eventually it becoming a job just like anything human beings are adaptable any any horrific any horrific shit can just mm-hmm. become like a like a job. But you think there's like a Patch Adams for funeral service? Stop. <laughs> Read the goddamn story. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, he sat there and like my, my friend Dave's just <laughs> puts a clown nose on him. Okay, nope, we're going. Keep reading. <laughs> Come on, Dave would laugh about it. He would. He'd be like, ah, all right, man, I'm going to smoke it up. Anyways, and be public face <laughs> of the new Funeral Chapel co-owner, Rich, Raoul Richard Allen, 11 years in the field of funeral service. Served apprenticeship under Ulysses Todd at the Funeral Chapel in Kingsport, Mass. Five years management experience, Todd's Funeral Chapel, Kingsport, Massachusetts. Remember, es- mem- member Esoteric Order of Dagon. Education Bachelor of Science in Mortuary Science, Miskatonic University, Arkham, Massachusetts. Certificates National Board of Examination Funeral Service, 2001. They do get back to the story in a sec, but yeah. Massachusetts Board of Funeral Service Director, 2001. Massachusetts Board of Funeral Service Embalmer, 2001. Role as co-owner, Raul will meet Meet with families, plan and carry out services, perform most of the embalming, supervise the operation of the crematorium, and supervise apprentices. Office manager, Susan Digby Marsh, 14 years office experience, but you said you were going to hire Tim's. Well, maybe they need someone solid there. 10 years office manager experience, Carter Digby Young and Associates. Arkham Mass Education Associate of Science in the Secretarial Arts, Arkham Community College, Arkham, Massachusetts, 1997. Masters in Business Administration, Miskatonic University. This is really thorough. I kind of, oh, I'm yeah. kind of enjoying it. It's really it. well done. 
Role as office manager, Susan will supervise staff, supervise pre-need staff, handle books and other administrative tasks, and assist in services. Apprentice, Jonathan Hove, two years in the field of funeral service. Served internship under Dan Silva, I thought it said saliva, Dan Silva at Columbia Funeral Home, St. Helens, Oregon. Education Associate of Science Funeral Service, Mount Hood Community College, Gresham, Oregon. Certificates, National Board of Examination for Funeral Service, 2011. You know what I feel like I'm reading? Mm -hmm. Infinite Jest. Oh, really? There are parts of the book that are literally like this. They're like talking about the person's life and who they are and what they've done. (laughs) Fucking, he he just goes on and on and on. And I'm like, if I fast forward, I'll miss something Mm -hmm. important. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Just for your, just for, just so that you know. What? Um, Arkham is a fictional city in Massachusetts. That was created by Lovecraft, and it's uh, more towards the north, more towards the border of New Hampshire. So, kind of like <clears throat> it's it's. Uh, let me see. What's uh, so right before Portsmouth would be? Oh man, oh, I'm a bad Massachusettsite. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to tell because it's like Rockport. I don't know. Is Ipswich a real place? Oh yeah, Ipswich is a real place. Okay, so it's south of it's Ipswich. Oh, so it's no, it's north, no, that's on the south. That's on the um, south shore. No, yeah, north of Arkham. I'm sorry, north of. Kingsport. It is a fishing. It is a fishing. That is a fishing town. Yeah. I believe it's like between Salem and, and Ipswich. Oh no, that is the North Shore. What am I thinking? No, Salem yeah. is North Shore. I think. Okay. A couple people okay. will murder me, that, so, <laughs> and then I'll be embalmed at this. It's the, it's a whole area of town that people have labeled Lovecraft Country. Hmm. Lovecraft used Massachusetts a, a little bit like King uses Maine. Maine, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Massachusetts Board of Funerals Service Director, two thousand one. Massachusetts Board of Funeral Service Embalmer, two thousand eleven. Role. Though inexperienced, Jonathan will be invaluable addition, an invaluable addition to the team. His large girth and high blood iron content will minimize the likelihood <laughs> of him developing anemia from near constant bloodletting for the funeral customs of the local population. <laughs> oh God, now we're getting into it, aren't we? Yep, now we're getting into it. His, inexperi- in, his inexperience and in crucial role to the management team will prove an asset if he lose, when and if he loses his grip on reality from his role as funeral ritual, rituals of the local dominant religions. Goal, to purchase the abandoned First Baptist Church in, in, in Innsmouth, Massachusetts, next to the meeting hall of mm-hmm. the Esoteric Order of Dagon. Okay, and, so Dagon is... Yeah, I, I, it's a demon. Unless I, no, he's not a demon. Like I said, Lovecraft loved ocean things. So Cthulhu is an ocean based right kind of thing dagon is also it's i think it's his very first short story and it's about oh no it isn't oh no you're right they're the band dagon the death metal Mm -hmm. band dagon actually has like a snaky monster that comes out of the sea well that's what dagon is okay dagon is and some people would worship it like a god okay Okay. and convert it to a first-rate funeral chapel to for to service the good people of innsmouth massachusetts for too long the good people of innsmouth have had the neighboring have had to go to neighboring Rowley, Massachusetts or Ipswich, Massachusetts for funeral services. Randolph, I could just read this on my channel. It's it's good. I think it's good. Randolph, um, by the way, Miskatonic University is is also uh, is also very low. It's a Lovecraftian university in Arkham. 
And they have a copy of the what? Necronomicon. Oh, okay. okay. Randolph Marsh and Ralph and Raul Allen hope to change that. Being from Innsmouth and belonging to the dominant religion of the area, Randolph Marsh and Raul Allen have strong roots in the town as well in depth no- as well as in-depth knowledge and in how to best perform services for those who are members of the esoteric order of Dagon and the cult of Cthulhu. May I present <laughs> Innsmouth Funeral Chapel? Innsmouth Funeral Chapel is named for Innsmouth, Massachusetts, the town in which it will service. It will be a full-service funeral home with the several viewing rooms, arrangement offices, prep room, chapel, staff living quarters, cooler for up to seven cadavers, business offices, reception hall, and eventually an on-site crematorium. Innsmouth Funeral Chapel will be a great partnership with Randolph Marsh and Raoul Allen acting as co-owners, investing most of the capital and accepting full liability for the business. Innsmouth is fairly a fairly prosperous fishing community. Its residents are, for the most part, relatively wealthy and have a very strong isolationist feelings regarding their town. <laughs> Though perfectly willing to spread their wealth inside the borders of Innsmouth, their suspicion of their suspicion of outsiders and hometown pride, if you can call it that, makes them less willing to spend money outside of Innsmouth, since the only funeral homes in the area are neighboring towns. Are, are in neighboring towns, the residents have had to grudgingly take their funeral business and dollars out of town, where few understand and are usually unwilling to cater to the rites and practices required to conduct a proper funeral for Innsmouth's deceased. Being members of the city's dominant religion and with their subsequent experience in the funeral service industry outside of their hometown, Randolph Marsh and Raoul Allen are uniquely qualified to service the good people of Innsmouth. Not only (laughs) are they aware of all the rites and rituals needed to properly conduct a funeral service for the members of the esoteric order of Dagon, (laughs) but they are also fully capable of assisting the funeral needs of Innsmouth's more traditional residents. Also, having grown up in the town, both Randolph Marsh and Raoul Allen have deep roots in the town. They are on a first-name basis with most of the community and the business leaders, as well as most of the local clergy and religious leaders. They are familiar with local and private public... Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I'm getting wind in my face here. From where? My, I think it's just so cool that the, the windows... Ah. Yep. They are familiar with local and private cemeteries as well as the history behind them. Its planned location on the main street of Innsmouth and in the abandoned Baptist church next to the esoteric order of the Dagon Hall. The EO and the D of Hall. Give me a sec here. i got to check to see if the top of this window is open. He is getting up to check to see if the top of the thing is open. He is gone. No, I'm right here. He's left us in this creepy place. Oof. You back? Yep. Sorry. Cut that out. I'm not cutting nothing out. They're familiar with local and private sem- public, private and public cemeteries as well as the history behind them. Its planned location is in the main street of Innsmouth and in the abandoned Baptist church next to the esoteric order of the Dagon Hall. The EO of D Hall being the main temple of worship for the most, most of Innsmouth's 25,000 residents. Its location in the heart of downtown Innsmouth provides the excellent foot traffic and makes it incredibly easy to find on the rare occasion that a client <laughs> may a client family or mourner is coming out of town most insmith residents stay in town when they reach adult when they reach adulthood <laughs> you better start making with the jokey jokes because i'm just it's reading too good. story i'm just reading the story man but it's good 
With all of these factors, we feel that Innsmouth Funeral Chapel cannot help but be a success. Its lack of competition, its prime location, <laughs> the owner's affiliation with the local church, and their combined <laughs> quarter-century experience in the industry. Oh, it must be that window. Oh my god, you're obsessed. Oh. Um, its lack of competition, its prime location, the owner's affiliation with the local church, and their co- combined quarter-century experience in the industry will make it an asset, not only for the owners, but for the community as well. Service and product description. Esoteric order of Dagon service package. Being aware of the unique requirements of this type of service and being members of of this religion themselves, the owners of Innsmouth Funeral Chapel have fully equipped their funeral home with all of the items needed for this type of service. No other funeral home in the area is equipped to handle this type of service. Includes a full service of funeral home staff, transfer of the remains, filling of paperwork. $2,700 Cult of Cthulhu service package. (laughs) Much like the EO of D service, no other funeral home in the area is equipped to handle this type of service. Includes full service of funeral home staff, transfer of remains, filing of paperwork. $3,200 burial, scattering and area package service. Service at the chapel, followed by the reception in a private... And a private scattering or, or sea burial in Innsmouth Bay includes a full service funeral home staff transfer of remains and filing of paperwork. $4,300 <laughs> exclusive products. Cthulhu sleeps. Handcrafted urn. <laughs> and, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Keep going. An 18-inch hollow carving of the great Cthulhu with a base that reads your loved one's name, date, and, and death. The words, I can't read this. It's in a weird language. And it says Say Cthulhu. it, read it, try it. Come on. You know you're invoking him right now. You know that, right? I said it wrong, so no. Klaatu, <laughs> Verata. Don't bullshit. <laughs> All right, I said it. Which translates huh. as, In this house at Riley, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. <laughs> Head carved in solid oak, this urn, this urn makes the perfect receptacle of your long- loved one's remains. $1,800 handcraft esoteric order of Dagon casket. Made from native white pain and reinforced with oak, this casket is adorned with the hand-carved reliefs to honor your loved one's dedication to the great Dagon. $9,300 <laughs> blood sacrifice to Dagon. <laughs> chalice made of hand carved gold around a stainless steel framed and encrusted with small emeralds found right here in Innsmouth Innsmouth Bay take this home item oh, this take home item makes a great centerpiece and is a beautiful reminder of the blood sacrifice made to Dagon in your honor in honor <laughs> of your loved one $2,500 uh, structure unlike mass produced products handcrafted items are more expensive to produce most customers are aware of this and are willing to pay for the for these items, especially when they see and care. This, they see the care and craftsmanship that goes into the items we offer. <laughs> That's why we feel. Oh my God! I'm sorry, Jason. At this point, I'm just drowning out. You got to keep me occupied too. I know. Come on, man. No, you come keep on. Going. You're not doing nothing. You read. I'm enjoying the story. I can't help it. Yeah. You don't know what it's been like this last year. <laughs> I don't care. I need my fill. All right. Fine. This is why we feel that we can charge as, as much as $150 markup on the exclusive items and services we offer our client families. Local client families will be drawn into these unique products and these services. These people are going to kill them. 
Because Insmith Funeral Chapel is the only funeral chapel that currently carries them. The owner's knowledge of the local religions and their funerary requirements make them a great asset to the town and to its residents. Yeah, Locals we get it. can also appreciate <laughs> that most of the exclusive products offered are produced locally, which means that they the money they uh-huh. spend goes right back into the community. Uh-huh. Market analysis. You guys are the only purveyors of deep creepy. We got it. No one else does deep creepy like you guys. It goes good, like monkey bars on concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Target market. The 2,500 people of Innsmouth, Massachusetts, and the rural residents of the, sounding communi- of the surrounding communities. That's not a lot Particularly of the members of the esoteric order of Dagon and the cult of Cthulhu. Customer needs. Large chapel for services. Typical religious. What the hell? I think my... What? my Oh, the light's flashing. That damn bulb is flashing. Mm. Particularly <laughs> the members of the esoteric order of Dagon and the cult of Cthulhu. Customer needs. Large chapel for services. Typical religious mm-hmm. ac- uh, accounterments. Accoutrement. Accoutrement. Oh, okay. There's a word I didn't know. Or co- accoutrements. You can say accoutrements. That's... that's... Candles, that altars, too. bloodletting, chalices, etc. Knowledge <laughs> and understanding of the funeral customs of the dominant local religions discretion professionalism and compassion industry description yes when they slither or crawl in (laughs) a lot of these people wind up mutating into fish people (laughs) so it's kind of like i don't think they're going to care about the quality of the bloodletting chalice i'm pretty sure they will Ah. Insmith Funeral Chapel will provide funeral bury- burial and-, and cremation services for the local people. Industry Outlook. We estimate an average of 200 families per year for the first couple of years with a steady increase. Jesus! How many people are going to be left in the town? <laughs> anyway. Oh, jeez. We estimate an average of... Do the typically isolationist feelings of the local population... We have reason to believe that the population estimate of 2,500 is very conservative. They have no reason mm. to believe that the population may be as high as 40,000, given that the typical, the typical Innsmouth resident may, un, may be uncooperative with census, wor- census workers. <laughs> yeah, or they just kill them. Leaving open the possibility of, a larger, deaths, of larger deaths per year than originally estimated. <laughs> Competition. Morris Funeral Home, Ipswich, Massachusetts. 20 minutes by car. Not locally owned. New to the area. Unable, unwilling to meet the service needs of Innsmouth's residents. Whittier Poirier Funeral Home, Ipswich, Massachusetts. 20 minutes by car. Poor reputation with Innsmouth population. Unable and unwilling to meet the needs of Innsmouth's residents. F of S, Roberts and Son Funeral Home in Rowley, Massachusetts. Poor reputation (laughs) with the Innsmouth population. Unable, unwilling to meet the service needs of Innsmouth's residents' marketing, marketing plan. Marketing theme. Understanding the community's needs, category, strategy for my reason for existence. What? What? Oh. To provide comforting and memorable funeral services to the good people of Innsmouth and Massachusetts. What sets my business apart from the rest? Convenient and visible location. Owners are members of the dominant religion and former members of the community. And former members of the community. <laughs> what did you just send me? Oh, nothing, nothing. Thanks. <laughs> I just sent you, you a picture can you of fish put that people. As the icon I'll for try. this episode. <laughs> sure, why not? I just sent him a bunch of old timey pictures of, in a lot of a lot of H.P. Lovecraft stories, the people who follow these these water bound gods or the old ones have a tendency to turn into awful monster people. <laughs> 
The ability to creatively mix the traditional needs of the community with the needs of more than modern-minded client family. My ideal customer is a resident of Innsmouth, who is a member of the esoteric order of Dagon, and has a strong <laughs> sense of tradition when it comes to planning. By planning a way to remember their loved ones, what's most important to my ideal customer when buying when they are buying what I am selling? One, mm-hmm. they want someone who understands their needs. Two, mm-hmm. they want someone who understands and can provide what is needed to carry out a funeral service that caters to their religious beliefs and is comfortable doing so. (laughs) And it's comfortable. A warm, welcoming, and friendly environment. What I want to accomplish this year. Purchase and remodel by preferred location. The abandoned Baptist church across from the EOD (laughs) hall. Establish a good reputation. There is a great in-joke in that. The abandoned Baptist church in Innsmouth. Ugh. Establish a good reputation among the families of Innsmouth. The top three things that are going to get me there. Creative and well-thought-out utilization of the present built of the present building. He's really expecting way too much from this town, dude. A strong presence in the community. Getting word out that they're, uh, getting the word out that I'm getting very tired, Jason. Come on. (laughs) No, my eyes actually hurt. This is a, I still have eight pages to read. Good. (laughs) No. (laughs) We'll make it a two-part. No, you know what I'm going to do? What? Give me a sec. You better not do anything. Nope, hold on. He's I'm leaving again. Something. He's feeling... I, oh, where is he going? He's disappearing into the dark. This is when followers of Dagon get him. He didn't turn on a light either. Oh, there goes the light. Okay, good. I have no idea what he's doing. I think he's getting freaked out. What is he doing? What is that? What, what? did you get? I got myself some <laughs> liquid refreshment. Oh, God. What is it? Uh, Sobolewski vodka and New Amsterdam coconut flavored vodka. Let me get close to the mic. Ugh. Because <sighs> when I think of Amsterdam, I think of coconuts. Mm, that's good. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Well, when on the show, at least. I had some last that's week. True. <laughs> I think you were like, right after you smoked, you were like, you're not drinking tonight? <laughs> I'm like, I drank it the night before because we couldn't do it the night before because the power got knocked out by fucking Cthulhu. Yeah, you're drunk in the dark. <laughs> fucking Cthulhu. Mm. There were shows I wanted to watch. The mo- Can I ask you a question, What's though? That? What? If there were old ones like Dagon and Cthulhu, would this be a more interesting world or a scarier world? Um, Would we be able... Would there be like a... Like on YouTube, would there be people who are like, Cthulhu's not real? <laughs> There would be a Cthulhuists. Yeah, exactly. Despite the fact that Cthulhu <laughs> awakens every once in a while and terrorizes the eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the city of Boston is no more thanks to... It's a, it's a projection. <laughs> the government's just showing you that to scare you. Thanks to the horrible mercy of Cthulhu. <laughs> Balancing office and space, public space in the building wall. Building will contribute to the more... The Oh, my God. All right, let's get back online here. Balancing office yeah. and public space in the building wall. Building will contribute the moral of the staff and, and make the client families feel welcome. The more the local population sees and has the chance to get to know our staff, the more likely they will be to think of us when the unfortunate happens. Oh, you put happened. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Now it's a bad story. It's a completely... There's a dog jumping yeah, up, putting its dick the- and balls in Jason's face. No, it's, she's pushing her face up against mine. That's all. She wants to be part of the story. When a loved one dies, it's a stressful time. If the family knows who to call, the less they have to worry about when the time comes. Yeah. The comfort... uh, Call the creepy dudes. (laughs) 
Comfort leads to trust. What will trigger my ideal customer to think of me? And uh-huh. I, I think that this is supposed to be bullet pointed in such a way that it's it's read line by line, and he just, yeah. he just put it as well one big thing. Well, so. I think it came across that way. Mm. Innsmouth Funeral Chapel's location in downtown. The staff contributions and involvement in the local community programs I am running is to reach my goal. Alone? <laughs> I'm guessing that that this is a proposal to the town and to a bank, probably <laughs> to a bank. Hmm. An ad. Announcement in the local newspaper. Renewed weekly attendance to the E of D Hall. Sponsoring of local events. Joining local cig- civic or- organizations. How much money will I need to get it done? One. Slight slam on the C of E. <laughs> Calling it the E of D. $50,000 to purchase building two. $75,000 to remodel remodel building three. $50,000 to purchase supplies and equipment. Four. $100 x 12, ma- 12 mouths civic organization dues. Okay. Times 12 ma- months. Oh, okay. Okay. $5,000 for sponsoring local events. <laughs> Like what are these events? <laughs> I don't. You don't want to know. <laughs> Maybe they have ritual competitions. I don't know. Like chill, like a chili contest. Yeah, like a chili cook. That one almost summons Dagon. Almost, but not quite. This would not tempt tempt Dagon from the sea. You lose your firstborn child. It wouldn't even tempt a fish from the sea. <laughs> Throw him into the ocean. <laughs> An ad announcement in the local paper. Oh, I already did this part. Sorry. Yes, you did. $100,000 first year salary for staff and sales forecast. We estimate that an average client family will spend anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 per, per service. With a markup of 100% over wholesale on all <laughs> items and added need for services of $200 a year. For the couple's first years, it's easy to predict a profit of $100,000 to $500,000 a year. <laughs> With steady increases as death... From what? <laughs> From a town of 2,500 people? I don't know, because that's how that works. That's how numbers work. Mm-hmm. That's not how numbers work. But it is. We're, we're talking about a, an entire town denuded of people after the first year. Community confidence and community awareness increases. Operations plan. Location 101, 105, and 151 West River Road, Innsmouth, Massachusetts. 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 On the, I haven't drank that much. I'm just getting tired. Cheese. Tired of cheese. Oh, cheese, Rick. You haven't even watched the show. <laughs> Cthulhu is mentioned on there. Is he? Oh yeah, a lot okay. of a lot of the ideas are about uh, pretty much universal existentialism. How the fucking universe just doesn't care about you at all. It's just well, yeah, that's pretty true, isn't it? Mm, I guess he's right there. Mm-hmm. All right, on the corner of River Road and Main Street, across from the street from the famed Hall of E of D Hall, one block north of the river, three blocks west of Innsmouth Bay. Inventory control. Miss, I heard footsteps. I was thinking maybe James was getting. You're up. you're starting to freak yourself out. No, I'm not. Okay. Are you? Oh, you're feeling cold winds. <laughs> no, no, no. That that's something that actually regularly happens at sitting at this sitting at this desk because there's three that's windows. That's a ghost. You sure. got an internet ghost. Sure. <sighs> Mrs. Digby Marsh, 
experience in office and inventory management. Her meticulous record keeping, as well as her keen eye for trends in local demand, will ensure that the funeral chapel will be stocked no matter how busy the funeral chapel becomes. Trends in local demand. Though Innsmouth is geographically as well commercially isolated with the owner's long-standing relationship with Batesville Warehouse in Arkham, Massachusetts, their experience with other funeral companies in the area, the modern convenience of the one-day shipping, FedEx, UPS, etc. <laughs> I want to see that. I'm having no see... fun because you're not doing anything. I want to see I'm a literally FedEx... so focused on the screen that my eyes are like all, Ugh, fucking stop it. You can make jokes too. I don't know how to make jokes right now <laughs> i was trying to make a joke and then you interrupted me no make a joke make a joke no, right too now. late you ruined the joke forget it make a joke no i was just trying to say i was trying, trying to picture a fedex guy <laughs> driving into innsmouth to make delivery shipments to what is probably the creepiest mortuary in the world surrounded by fish people sure can you sign this please without getting it wet uh, I, that blood is included. No, that, that's okay. They just drive through and start throwing things off the truck. It is foreseeable that the inventory shortages will be few and far between. One of the mm-hmm. many benefits of the age and large campus that the former church resides in its in its large basement, which allows for a large storing storage area in case the funeral chapel chapel becomes ter- temporarily overstocked. <laughs> which is going to happen quickly because there's no way that many people are going to die. Personnel. Most of the management and staff needed for an opening and startup of the business are either part owners or have already been hired out. As the business grows and the staffing needs become larger, the owners plan on... Huh? No, this guy is putting the carpet for the horse. He's already assuming he's going to make a billion, gajillion dollars. You can't do that. You don't have to put that in a business thing, do you? You have to, like, do a five-year projection or something? Probably. This is during, you know, what, the 1800s? Oh, no, they already said the 2000s. Yeah, it's, it's modern. Well, I mean modern for 2010. And in spite of the, its isolation, Innsmouth has not been entirely immune to the recession. <laughs> the management has no doubt that the future staffing needs... Fucking Obama! <laughs> I'm voting for Trump! <laughs> you know Trump would endorse Dagon or Cthulhu. Probably. He'd be able to legitimately say, he's huge. He's huge. What do you want me to do, oh giant one? I will make it with my <laughs> tiny hands. Oh, oh giant one! I will do it with... It's going to be so huge, you're not even going to believe it. I'm so good at business that I'm I'm projecting that the Allen and Marsh Funeral Home will... Well, we'll make tons of money. I'm so good. I'm so good at business, guys. <laughs> okay, I've just made a deal with the fish people. They're wonderful people. Uh, the management has no doubt that any future staffing needs can and will be met on an at-need basis. Innsmouth staffing. Do you think they have someone in the House of Representatives in Massachusetts? <laughs> who's, who's a Cthulhuite? Who's like either a follower of Dagon or a Cthulhuite. And you're just panning across. It's like, normal guy, normal guy, normal guy, fish person, normal guy. Oh We're underrepresented. <laughs> We're I can't do the <laughs> He's constantly pouring water over his gills. Uh, hey, there's another movie Once you again, see, I move for a tank. <laughs> what? I said, there's another movie you got to see, The Shape of Water. Eh, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. I hear it's really good. It is. It's really good. I believe everybody who says it is. The management has no doubt that any future staffing needs will be met on an at-need basis. 
Insmith Staffing, located four blocks southwest on, on South Federal Street, will be utilized to staff the office and will provide temporary staff if and when needed. Lo- legal environment. Staffing. I mean, it's a fishing village. Why would they need a staffing office of 2,500 people? I don't know. Got to bury, <laughs> I mean, Each what? person has to bury the one next to them. <laughs> well, I mean, not just for the funeral home. He's saying he's utilizing another business that's in Innsmouth called Innsmouth Staffing. What are your skills? Slobbering. <laughs> Tearing apart children like fresh bread. <laughs> Though the licensing standards for those in the funeral industry... You work industry great and, at McDonald's. Huh? He said, yeah, I have a perfect position for you at McDonald's. Fish sandwiches all around. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> have you ever Sorry. eaten a McDonald's fish sandwich? Not in a bajillion, bajillion <laughs> They're years. so fucking nasty. <laughs> like, I have to say, okay, if you refrigerate a Wendy's burger, it still tastes pretty good a few hours later. If you refrigerate okay. a, a Burger King burger, it's 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 pretty okay a few hours later. McDonald's it's, does it's not. Like, it's, like a, it's like eating a mushy sponge <laughs> that's fish flavored. Uh. <laughs> Just gross fucking shit. Mm. <laughs> I'm having a fish slushy sandwich. Mm. <laughs> How about a slurry sandwich? A fish. You know what I never. You know what I never got. What sloppy joes? You don't like slop. Well, you don't understand sloppy joes. No. no. Well, I, here's the thing. Okay, so sloppy joes. You, you take ground beef. You cook it until it's all soft. You add, you know, your stuff, and it's sloppy on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Why? Who decided? I know. I'm gonna p- take the slop and I'm gonna stick it between hamburger buns. I don't know. It's like saying I'm having a. Soup I'm willing burger. to bet it was an accident <laughs> that someone someone was like, oh, I just I just tried to make burgers. Like maybe and they, they overcooked apart. chili or something that it, it got too it got too thick to serve as as one thing, so they just put it between two slices of bread. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, no, yeah, what I was sense. thinking was like a burger fell apart, and then they tried to season it, and they were like, oh. Let's fuck throw it. this on the bread. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> fuck it and fuck you. Eat this. <laughs> Insmith has not been... Wait. uh, Oh, wow. I went way far back. Legal environment. Though the licensing standards for those funeral industry in Massachusetts are more lax than for most of the country, and Insmith in particular has a very business-friendly environment, both Mr. Marsh and Mr. Allen plan on maintaining only the highest standards for obedience to local, statewide, and national standards and laws. They plan to create a legal buffer zone with certain checks and balances in their employee training so that... even if several of their own rules are broken at once, no single group of employees will come near to violating the law without internal invention intervention. How? Suppliers. Batesville Casket Warehouse, Arkham, Massachusetts. <laughs> the one, cheeriest place on earth. <laughs> one hour away by, what do you do? I build caskets. I had yeah. dreams of, be, of becoming a, a, a pretty talented carpenter. Well, actually, I got to say, a, a, lot of, a lot of talent does go into carving those damn things. If they're carved, a lot of them are just assembled in a warehouse. Mm. You know, they're mass, they're mass produced at this point. That's grim. That's a, that's a grim job, if you think about it. <clears throat> Most of the religious icons and other accoutrements can be purchased locally from craftsmen with the help of elders at the E of D Hall. Uh. Accounts receivable payable plan. As previously stated, most of the residents of Innsmouth are relatively well off financially. So the owners do not see there being much of a conflict in providing financing right away. Okay. How are they wealthy? It's a fishing town. I don't know. I don't remember that being part of the mythos. Or fish oath. Most. Uh, God. <laughs> Fucking lame ass dad joke. 
Thank you. Most Thank residents you. should be able to pay their funeral expenses up front. In the future, the owners will be able to reassess the benefits and or disadvantages of providing financial financing for their client families once they've established a firm customer base and profits stabilize. Uh, Financial plan, profit no. and loss statement <laughs> from June 2011 to June 2012. No. Income from sales or services. You don't want to hear it? I don't want to hear the financial stuff. It's boring. Get okay, the I'll gross skip, I'll skip stuff. over it. Oh, my God. It's Oh, it's most of the rest of it. So now I don't have to. It's all financial stuff? <laughs> yeah. And then um, the licenses. Uh, let me see. Um, let me see. Historical financial information. Both Randolph and Marsh and Raoul Allen come from wealthy families, have significant beginning capital, and have excellent credit. They both have experience managing funeral homes and understand the type of economy they are entering. With the addition of Randolph's wife, Susan, whose master's in business, a fish office management experience, <laughs> and expertise. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm trying to do you bubbles. You said fish office. I did not. What? Just read the last sentence. In addition to Randolph, Randolph's wife, Susan, whose master's in business, office management, experience and expertise in the area of accounting, Innsmouth Funeral Chapel cannot help but be a success. Supporting documents. Randolph oh Marsh. God. I just realized where the fucking wind is coming from. I'm starting to think this is a real business, dude. <laughs> Jason, I am breathing into what? my condenser and breathing vape smoke into my face. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, what the fuck is that? And then I blow into the mic, and the fucking wind from my own mouth goes right back into my own damn face. <laughs> Physics! Yay! I'm glad it has a physical explanation, because all the fucking windows in here are shut. <laughs> Now, I don't believe there's a God, and I don't believe in ghosts and shit, but sometimes I do get creeped out. Yeah. I do get creeped out. It's normal. It's normal to get creeped out. It's normal to get creeped out in the dark. And we're reading a story that's like... (laughs) Yeah, it's a little little creepy, and it's set in your home state. (laughs) No, so I'm sitting here going, in my head, I'm reading along, and I'm going, what the hell is that sound? It's ice dropping into the goddamn ice maker. Shut up. And then my other thing is... (laughs) What's that knock? It's my own foot tapping against a floor <laughs> that doesn't have insulation beneath it. And then I'm going, what oh. is that wind in my face? <laughs> it's my own breath blowing back in my face. Have you ever freaked yourself out really bad? Oh, yeah. When I was a child, I said when I the first time I watched The Exorcist, I was creeped. I, I still can't watch that fucking movie without like weird, creepy feelings at night. I still can't watch well, I, it. I told you that I saw uh, uh, Apparition. No, 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 no. Um, oh, fuck the witch thing. The, oh, the Blair Witch the Project. Witch thing. Yeah, Blair Witch Project. Saw it in a, saw it in a movie theater in Santa Cruz. Then went and spent the night at, uh, um, at a girl's house who lived way out in the woods mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> with no electrical lights. <laughs> oh, Jason, I'm sorry. It was really, really. Ins- I, you know, here I am, a full grown ass man, <laughs> sitting there. You know, it's it, uh, here's the worst. Every part creak about, of every about, twig, every oh my god, every rustle, every sound, every fucking thing. I was just like. Uh, uh, and you know it's fake. You know it's fake. Yeah. And it still manages to creep you out. Well, I liked the first one specifically because you you <clears throat> could you could theorize that it was actually the 
two men fucking with the girl. Mm-hmm. But then the other two alleged to believe it was something, you know, otherworldly. I didn't bother to watch the other two. I watched the and... third one the other day and I, I was like, I was like trying to sleep. I'm like, oh, stop it. Nothing's knocking at the window, idiot. <laughs> and James is, James is upstairs dead ass asleep. And, and the, the uh-huh. house that I am in is it is mm-hmm. a two is a three floor duplex that's been converted from what used to be a huge townhouse in one mm-hmm. of the oldest cities in in central Massachusetts. You know what I like? You know what? I, one of the reasons why I liked living in the city is even when it was really dark, even when it was really quiet. San Francisco is a, is a remarkably provincial town. After after two a.m., the bars are closed, everything's closed, and almost everybody's off the streets. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, like in the city yeah. of gay love, yeah, because oh, they're all there. Are certain fucking... nights, there are certain nights where the, the party goes on for a while, but for the most part, it's a pretty provincial town. And I never would get freaked out walking around late at night. And there were times when I would have insomnia, especially when I first moved to the city, where I would just walk around the city. And one time, I, uh, San Francisco is seven miles square, so 49 square miles. So you can walk across the city in, you know, a couple hours if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I would do that on a regular basis at night. It's nice to walk around the street at night. Hardly anyone's out on the street. And I never felt unsafe. Do the same thing in Massachusetts, part of the state. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, this is... I, if you... If you walk, uh, let me see. If you walk to the left, you get to the four corners of of this tiny town, yeah. uh, or this tiny part of a tiny town. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it, you got a blinking light, much like Twin Peaks. Yep. And you have a corner store that is closed now, uh, mm-hmm. a library and a and uh, old post office. Uh, but if you take mm-hmm. it right, you are in the woods until you <clears> hit <throat> until you hit the next town over. Yeah. But I'll I'll give you this much: there is nothing more unsettling when you're first exposed to it than the desert at night. The desert at night. Not only do you feel like something's going to get you because all the animals are out at night because that's when it's cool out Mm -hmm. but you feel completely exposed because you know there's nothing to hide behind there's nothing that will provide you with shelter there's nowhere to run where you'll be safe there's no tree to climb nothing you're just out in the middle of nowhere and all i don't know i still think the woods are creepier because there are lots of other places for things to hide behind and jump out of nowhere but then again i've never been to the desert i i don't think i've ever been through a desert let me see. You should try. You should. It's it's a good experience. Now I got a lot of experiences experience. to have. I haven't been on a fucking plane. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, I got to fly out and see you at some point. Jeez, That's true. You gotta, or you got to fly out here. Are we done? No, we still got. <laughs> We're not. All right. So let me see. <laughs> I, I'm on page eleven of thirteen. These are okay. this is ber- building permit codes. Ugh. And oh well, that is really the end of it. Let me see. It really turned. Let into me read a the last thing. Okay, just... the the second okay. floor will be. Wait, let me go. Let me find the first floor. The main building is a two story chapel which had seating for five hundred people. <laughs> a small office on the second floor. This building will be remo- remodeled, reducing capacity to two hundred for to allow for offices to be added on the first floor and the front. In the front, I just lost the page. <laughs> I lost where I was. I'm two shots in, so... Okay. And the the front of the floor uh, offices to be extended. The front first and second floor offices will include business offices, reception area, and the overflow arrangement office. The back of the chapel will remain basically the same uh, with a raised platform, lectern, and storage area in the back. The building in the back of the two-story Victorian with parking lot access and a basement. This mm. building served as minister's quarters. The first floor will be converted into the main arrangement office, cascade 
casket uh, casket cremation option, selection room, viewing and viewing and viewing identification rooms. The second floor will be converted into apartments for the apprentices and on call staff. The basement no. will be converted. <laughs> <laughs> into prep embalming room no three stations that's a that's a flat fucking are you insane why not i i don't believe in ghosts and gerblins but if someone said hey you can you can work your grizzly job and then just go upstairs and go to sleep i would fuck that no i you know what though james i don't live at the james ne- oh. <laughs> jason Yes. You know what? I I work at a place where I'm I'm at where I am regularly near dead bodies quite often. Okay. So yeah. I mean I I can tell you it's you know what though? All right, and mm. and we'll get off of this because the rest is all building permits and where they're going to get them. <laughs> um I so I while I work in a nursing home, you do have to kind of have the same uh, tact and approach when a family comes in to view their family member as they're passing away. And this wow. is where I'm learning bedside manner for my later my later profession. And right. it is sad. Um and yeah. I uh so this past week I had a person pass away um and they the family members went went in and the funeral home came and and they shook my hand and they said, thank you for taking great care of my loved one. I said, you're welcome. I'm sorry for your loss, all that kind of stuff. And I, yeah. and then I went into the room and I opened mm-hmm. the window. And you went? I opened the window. It's a, it's what? a nursing what? home tradition. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't, I know there's no such thing as ghosts, but I opened the window just in case that. The ghost couldn't get out. That that's that's the belief. <laughs> that is the nursing home tradition. It's it's a it's It'll a part flutter of, against the window like a moth. <laughs> it's a part of the it's a part of the way you work in a nursing home. You just have to do it, atheist or no. Do you knock on wood? Um, no, no, I don't throw salt okay. over my shoulder or anything like that. But this is just it's just a part of being a part of that type of community. You're there eight hours of the day, yeah. forty hours a week. These people get to know you very deeply and. You know, mm-hmm. I this particular person I I got to know very well, uh, and they were oh. way too young to be passing oh. away at this age, and I I got to know their family, but they d- didn't know that we do this. Oh, and I waited for them to leave at least, so I okay. didn't walk in and they're like, "Hey, we don't believe in that shit." It's I opened the window <laughs> for out of respect for my my coworkers and the nurses. Oh. And they were like, oh, oh, you got the window. I'm like, yeah, I got the window. And then I always get the joke, well, why did you do that? Because uh-huh. we just do it. You just do it. Because you're a tender-hearted little kitten man. I am. At heart. And we're done. Okay, we're done. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Is it Anubis Hooves? Anubis Hooves, yeah. Thank you, Anubis Hooves. I'm sorry we skipped over a lot of your story, but it was starting to feel like we were reading tax forms. <laughs> is 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 blood? Is a goat a action an an, an, an a deductible item? <laughs> is that a deductible item? Can we put that on the action item list. A hundred, a hundred serviceable goats will be kept in the backyard for, for slaughter to Dagon. Remember, guys, if you have a story—true, false, fiction, nonfiction, biography, autobiography—what other kinds of uh, history or fan slash fiction of Jason and us or picket fences? Yeah. Oh, please bring on the picket fences! Please, <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website. Go to the com- contact comment, page, contact page, and leave it for us there. 
We love getting them. And we love getting them, and we love reading them, don't we, Adam? Yeah, now would be the time where we go to iTunes and do a thing, but iTunes still hasn't put us the fuck back up on their site. Nope, I'm still in a never-ending fight with that fucking company. God damn it. Until then, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and what's another one? Everywhere else. Everywhere else. Literally everywhere. If you type Lemmy Listen Podcasts, you will find us on so many damn platforms. Because we are awesome. And we're everywhere. And there is a ghost behind you, Jason. No, there isn't. There's just there's a black curtain. No. That's it. Don't try to... I'm not... Uh. <laughs> but I, there is something that keeps walking past your doorway. I can see. I can see in my own, in my own camera behind me. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening to another one of our wacky adventures. Oh. <laughs> For let me finish. This has been Jason. And I am Atticus Blake. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> no more jokes at the end, huh? No, I can't think of any for this particular one. Okay. <laughs> <Ooh>. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> The Lemmy Finish Podcast is a Lemmy Listen Podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding. With music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen Podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.